Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. You are listening to us on Home of Southern Sports, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. Happy to be here on this Wednesday. I can't believe that this week has flown by. We have got a jam-packed show for you because I'm going to talk about the action that happened last night in the Chattahoochee Valley. High school basketball, that's where Thrip Berenger and I were on the campus of Calvary Christian. Once again, back on the campus after calling the state championship game on Friday. We were back in the gymnasium on Tuesday to call a Calvary Glenwood girls and boys basketball games. That was a lot of fun. And we also had the college football rankings that came out. Some college football playoff scenarios that could happen, especially if Georgia loses to Alabama. And then the Atlanta Hawks, they drop a game to the Cleveland Cavaliers, 128-105. to We also had Georgia Tech getting a big win over Mississippi State in the SEC-ACC Challenge. We got Auburn taking on Virginia Tech tonight and Georgia taking on Florida State. So much to get into. On this show, I'm going to have two guests. I'm going to have Travis Creasy from Ben and Travis. We are going to preview the SEC Championship, and I'm going to have Philip Jordan. So you don't want to go anywhere. Let's go ahead and start this show. Well, there was no surprise that the college football rankings didn't see much of a drop-off. Ohio State falls to number six. So here is the college football rankings going into championship Saturday. Georgia is number one. Michigan, number two. Washington is number three. Florida State is number four. Oregon, five. Ohio State, six. Texas, seven. Alabama, eight. What's important is that Texas is ahead of Alabama because of the head-to-head matchup. But if Texas wins the Big 12 and Alabama wins the SEC, does Alabama leapfrog Texas? Here's some of the playoff scenarios that could happen. Well, Georgia is a five-point favorite against Alabama. If they win, they're in, obviously. Michigan wins, they're in. If Washington wins, they're in. And if Florida State wins, they're in. We have four undefeated teams left. But Oregon, who's a favorite against Washington, if they win, they are in. Especially since they are ranked fifth. Does Ohio State backdoor their way into the playoff? Where they're going to have to hope for chaos. So we'll find out. But there's only eight teams that can make the college football playoff. And I cannot wait to break down the scenarios with my guests later on the show. And I'm also going to have bowl projections because we got a bunch of bowls, not just the New Year's Six bowls, but there's a bunch of teams that are going to be going bowling in the next couple of weeks. So here's the games that's happening this upcoming week. On Friday, we have the Conference USA Championship, New Mexico State taking on Liberty. And on Friday, the final Pac-12 Championship game for the last time ever, at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, number five, Oregon, taking on number three, Washington. Oregon is a nine and a half point favorite. A lot of people thought that the Ducks should have won the game against Washington in the regular season. 
This is going to be a good rematch, a good quarterback battle between Michael Pinnex Jr. and Bo Nix. Two Heisman finalists, in my opinion. And then on Saturday, starting at noon, we got the Big 12 Championship, Oklahoma State and Texas. Texas is a two-touchdown favorite. SMU taking on Tulane in the American Championship. Louisville taking on Florida State later that night on the ACC Championship. Michigan taking on Iowa at 8 o'clock at night on Fox in the Big 12 Championship in Indianapolis. We have Miami taking on Toledo in the MAC Championship. Boise State is taking on UNLV. Those running Rebels could get their 10th win. Oh, man, what Barry Odom has done at UNLV is absolutely incredible. Appalachian State is taking on Troy in the Sun Belt Championship. Remember, James Madison, even though they can't compete for a Sun Belt Championship, they won their appeal, and they will be in a bowl game. And finally, the SEC Championship. Georgia and Alabama at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Oh, I cannot wait for this game. And I will preview this game with my later guests. Let's talk about the Atlanta Hawks dropping the 128-105 loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers in the in-season tournament. They're now a game under 500, and there is something wrong with the Atlanta Hawks. They seem to not be able to beat the elite teams. They're going to be without Jalen Johnson for about a month and a half. But despite Trey Young that's had some good games, up to this point, he only had 13 points. You did get balanced scoring, but they could not stop Donovan Mitchell. And that's the thing. I've said on this show that they need to get a stopper because these superstars can just go off. And that's what Donovan Mitchell did. And they had no answer for him. Hawks are 8-9. I'm not saying it's not working out. Because I still think this Hawks team is a playoff team. Not necessarily a championship team. I think our expectations get a little too high when they reached the Eastern Conference Finals back in 2021. But the Atlanta Hawks will travel to San Antonio this Thursday to take on the Spurs. One of the worst teams in the NBA, but they do have Victor Wimbenyama, rising superstar in this league. It's just San Antonio is rebuilding. They should get the win. I mean, this is a game that you're supposed to beat a team that is not as good as you. San Antonio has a 3-14 and 14 record. It was a crazy night in the NBA. The Sacramento Kings got a big come-from-behind win over the Golden State Warriors. Let's go ahead and get into some college basketball because we had the ACC-SEC Challenge last night, and it will continue today. Georgia Tech gets the upset win over 21-ranked Mississippi State Bulldogs, 67-59. to You had Clemson defeating Alabama, 85-77. to Some of the other games in the ACC-SEC Challenge, Syracuse beats LSU, Kentucky beats Miami 95-73. to I think that Kentucky is a sleeper in the NCAA tournament. When I say sleeper, they have a lot of talent. But maybe this Kentucky team can win a title. They haven't won one since the Anthony Davis years back in 2012. Can John Calipari get this Kentucky Wildcats team that's always had talent win a title? They beat a Miami team that went to the Final Four last year. And the slate of games continue today. 
Georgia is taking on Florida State. Georgia is 3-3 three three on the season. The Auburn Tigers at Neville Arena, 4-1 on the season. They are hosting Virginia Tech. That game can be seen on ESPN2. But the marquee game today, number 10, Tennessee, taking on number 17, North Carolina. We also have Florida taking on Wake Forest. Duke is taking on Arkansas. Arkansas was ranked, but they have lost a couple of games. And then Texas A&M is taking on Virginia. Very good matchups in the ACC-SEC Challenge. One game I want to talk about, the Battle of I-75 this weekend. Kennesaw State is taking on Georgia State. I can't wait for this game. I know that Kennesaw State has lost a couple of games on some buzzer beaters, but they're going to make it back to the NCAA Tournament. Antoine Padaway took over for Amir Abdurrahim, and he was the former assistant at Alabama. He's got pretty much the same team that went to the NCAA tournament last year. And the Atlantic Sun Conference doesn't have Liberty anymore. They went to the Conference USA, which, by the way, that is where Kennesaw State is going to be headed next season. All right. So what we are going to do now is we are going to go ahead and take a break. We're going to go pay some bills. And when we come back, I'm going to air the portion of the Facebook Live show that featured Travis Creasy and Philip Jordan. You don't want to go anywhere. It's the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. We'll be right back. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Newton. 770-954-9941. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. And the party keeps continuing on right here on the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. How's everybody doing? It is Monday night. I'm excited to be here. This is my third show today, as I had GPB sports anchor John Nelson on. Uh, that was pre-recorded, but you caught a live episode of that in the first hour. This is going to be a huge show, because I'm going to have Philip Jordan on, and I'm also going to have... Ben and Travis. I'm excited about this show. And then I'm also going to have the Georgia Alabama Sports Live show that I do with Thrip Berenger. That will air later tonight. As I had my live show earlier today at 3 o'clock. Uh, it was pre-recorded. And so it was just a recap of everything that's going on over the past weekend. But this show is going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to preview the Georgia-Alabama game. I'm going to talk about in detail the last 10 matchups between these two outstanding schools. These schools that have won five of the last eight national championships. 
And are these the two best teams left in college football? I will go ahead and get into the playoff scenarios. Who could fall if they win or if they lose? What if Georgia loses? Are they completely out? If Alabama wins, do they still have a shot at making the college football playoff? What has to happen for Alabama to get into the college football playoff? I was reading all the college football playoff scenarios, how Texas has the head-to-head that Oregon has a better resume. Ohio State is the most impressive one-loss team left. So much to get into. Uh, Before I get Philip Jordan on, before I get Ben and Travis on, let's go ahead and talk about the breaking news that happened this past afternoon as we're going to go into the NFL. The Carolina Panthers fire Frank Reich. One and done. After one season, Frank Reich finishes with a record of 1-10, and and he was set up for failure. The Panthers do not have any talent. They traded away DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey. They don't have any weapons. Bryce Young, I don't know if he's a good quarterback. It's the fact that C.J. Stroud is having a historic year for the Houston Texans is making Carolina question why they drafted Bryce Young with the number one overall pick, and they traded up to get him. Frank Reich couldn't last in Indianapolis, and now he's out of a job in Carolina. Is it all his fault? Is it possibly that the general manager has mismanaged some of the roster moves and really trading away Christian McCaffrey? I mean, as a 49ers fan, I mean, thank you, but that really set the Carolina Panthers back because they've always had a good defense. I've always thought the Carolina Panthers, with Ron Rivera, they had stability. What about Steve Wilkes? He was the interim coach last year. They were 6-6 six and six last year. And I thought that they were pretty decent with Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. And I really think that they lost kind of that swagger when Cam Newton left. So Carolina's in trouble. They're not going to get the number one overall pick. That's going to belong to the Chicago Bears. So you don't really need to tank on this season because the Bears are going to get your draft pick. Uh, They've got to figure out the coach situation. I thought it was going to work out with Matt Rule. It didn't. I don't know if it's going to work out in Nebraska with Matt Rule because they went 5-7 and and didn't go to a bowl game. I will recap some of the stuff in college football as well. And we do have some college football news to talk about as well. I'm just excited about this show. I'm excited that I could be in your living room. We are on Facebook Live. We are on YouTube Live. And don't forget that you can also catch an episode of this on Home of Southern Sports, WQEE 99.1 FM, the key. Hey, I'm approaching my two-year anniversary. Speaking of two-year anniversaries, It will be the two-year anniversary in approximately T-minus three days that I received the word that I was offered the play-by-play announcer job for the Columbus Rapids. It was a game-changer, life-changing moment for me in my broadcasting career because it not only gave me credibility, but I was on the broadcast for the Columbus Rapids YouTube channel NISL YouTube channel, networking with other broadcasters, not really a soccer guy, 
But if you go into the archives of the Columbus Rapids in their first two seasons, I made the broadcast sound exciting. And that's really all I could do. And that is how I was discovered as a broadcaster. Even though the Rapids don't exist anymore, it was just a great accomplishment. I was glad that I was able to do that along with the coaches' shows that I did. And right now, with the new indoor soccer team in Columbus, we don't know a whole lot about Foundry FC. We just know, according to the NISL website, that they do have their first game on January 21st. It's on a Sunday, 3.30, at the Columbus Civic Center against Magic City SC. For the NISL season, for the 2024 season, the Memphis Americans are taking a pause on the season. We are going to have seven teams, including the Albany Aces, down in Albany, Georgia. And that's really all I know about what is going on in the league. But I'll try to keep you posted. Hey, let's talk about the Columbus River Dragons. I did not get a chance to talk about the River Dragons on the show yesterday. I mean, we just didn't have time. I had to talk about everything in an hour, and I just could not get to it. The River Dragons dropped two games to the Carolina Thunderbirds. They did play a game Friday night at the Columbus Civic Center. They lost that game in a shootout. They're still going to get a point. They lost 2-1. to one. And then on Saturday, they, they traveled up to Carolina, and they lost that game 3-2. to two. They are on the road on Friday and Saturday taking on the Withfield, I'm trying to get the Blue Ridge Bobcats out of uh, Withfield, uh, Virginia. And then they are back home Friday, December the 8th against the Mississippi Seawolves. They'll be back home December the 9th at the Columbus Civic Center against the Mississippi Seawolves. Tickets, if you want to purchase tickets, you can go to rdragons.com slash tickets or you can go to the Columbus Civic Center box office to try to get some tickets to the Columbus River Dragons this season. So much to get into, uh, but I don't want to waste any more time. Let's talk about this Georgia-Alabama rivalry, because it is a rivalry. And being a Georgia fan, I've lived in Georgia since 2006. I was a transplant Georgia fan. And I felt this rivalry immediately in 2007. When Nick Saban took over as head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide in 2007. Like Paul Feinbaum said, it was a game changer. Absolute game changer because you have not only a coach that has won a national championship with LSU, he is coached in the NFL. He was a disciple of Bill Belichick, Bill Parcells. He was under that coaching tree. And the guy knows how to recruit. Alabama was good before Nick Saban got there. They did win 10 wins with Mike Shula. They had some spurts with Dennis Francione. But Nick Saban completely changed the landscape of college football, and it caused all the other schools to second-guess their coaches because what Nick Saban done since 2007 cannot be duplicated. Well, I wouldn't speak too soon because Kirby Smart might be doing that right now as we speak. But let's talk about this rivalry. 2007, this was when Georgia played Alabama in Tuscaloosa. They won the game 26-23. I remember that game. I was watching that game from start to finish. How exciting was that in overtime? That was Nick Saban's first season. Alabama was 6-7. and seven. They weren't yet Alabama. They weren't Alabama until eh, about 2008 when they played Florida in the SEC Championship. 
This game in 2008, I remember, it was a blackout. Georgia was preseason number one. College game day was there. Alabama came into Athens and punched them in the mouth. It was 31 to nothing before you can even get in your seats. Well, not really, but it was a blowout, and Georgia did come back, but they did lose the game 41 to 30. And I always talk about on this show how this loss by Georgia completely flipped the programs because Georgia was on the up and coming. They were a preseason number one. You had Matthew Stafford. You had no Sean Moreno. The year before, I thought they should have went into the BCS playoffs because they were number four. And then you had uh, Missouri and uh, West Virginia lose games. And you know, that could not, I could not believe that Georgia did not get into the BCS playoff. So they had all this momentum going into the 2008 season. They were a preseason number one. And Alabama beat them. It wasn't until 2012 where these two teams met in the SEC championship. And this is the first game where it felt like every single game from here on out, Georgia seems to be the better team on paper. Now, the 2012 SEC championship, Alabama was young, and Georgia had a lot of NFL players. I actually thought that Georgia could go toe-to-toe with Alabama and Georgia had a big lead on them. They have, remember uh, Ogletree's block field goal attempt, ran it back for a touchdown. But then Alabama ran it down Georgia's throats with Eddie Lacy, TJ Yeldon. They were unstoppable in 2012. And AJ McCarron's throw to Amari Cooper. Uh, it, it's really it lives in in Alabama's in memories for uh, such a great program. And so Alabama, they win the SEC championship, and they go on to win the national championship against Notre Dame. I mean, they just absolutely mollywalked Notre Dame in the national championship. But Georgia felt so close. They were five yards away. If that pass didn't get tipped at the line and Georgia caught it, I mean, that's what you do when you catch it, but they had no more timeouts and the clock ran out. So we fast forward all the way to 2015, where Alabama was probably the greatest team this year. It, they had the greatest coaching staff. Derrick Henry won the Heisman. They actually went into Athens. I remember it was a rainy Athens day, and Georgia was slightly favored. Remember, Alabama lost to Ole Miss the day before, or the week before, and Georgia was slightly favored. Alabama beats them in 2015, 38-10. And then let's go ahead and fast forward to the national championship game. I remember this game very well. January 8th, 2018. Who could forget the second and 26? By the way, Georgia had a 20-7 lead on Alabama. And if Jake Fromm doesn't throw an interception to Requan Davis, I thought that Georgia was going to comfortably win that game because they would have been able to do what they want to do. But that was the famous game where Jalen Hurts wasn't getting the job done. Georgia was just smothering him on defense. And Nick Saban made probably the biggest decision in his coaching career up to that point. He decided to start a Tua Tungavailova in the second half. And it proven to be just the right call. Alabama wins the national championship. Devonta Smith 
back of the end zone, second and 26. I know. I'm bringing back painful memories for Georgia fans. But don't worry. It gets better because, you know, fast forward a couple years later. All right, so that was the national championship. They meet again in the SEC championship in December of 2018. Georgia was up 28-14. to I remember that uh, Arthur, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the tight end, Arthur Lynch, had the big, uh, not Arthur Lynch, um, Lou drawing a blank. The tight end picked up the pass, went all the way down, and Georgia was up 28-14. to It looked like they were going to go up 35-14. But Rodrigo Blankenship was in prime position to attempt a field goal, and he misses it. And that flipped the momentum in that game. Let me tell you something. All right. You know what? Since I'm on a tangent and I'm talking about Georgia and Alabama, and you know what? I'm going to bring him on early here in the show because uh, he is a dear friend of mine. I went to Freed Hardman with him. I'm hoping to get his broadcast partner, Ben Hayes, on. But please welcome to the Sports Beat my good friend, Travis Creasy. Travis. We got a big SEC championship coming up. I was just talking about here on the show how these two teams have won five of the last eight national championships. And every time in the Kirby Smart era, Georgia has had a double-digit lead on Alabama. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and to be honest, I mean, how many of those, you know, have, have, you know, Kirby, even Alabama's national championships has Kirby Smart been a part of? I mean – it's ridiculous to think yes. about. If you think about his assistant, his his coordinator days, uh, how many of these things he's been a part of. So I guess at least on equal footing, and in some ways, I guess you could make the argument even more experience. Although my Alabama fan friends would be like, "What are you talking about?" Uh, in these kind of games. So yeah, that's that's some crazy stuff. And for somebody who you know, I grew up, I didn't have any problem with Georgia. Like I don't despise Georgia. Like maybe a Tennessee Vols or Auburn Tigers, which I'm just now catching my breath over the Iron Bowl. Oh, boy. Uh, I have <laughs> we, a lot of respect for Georgia. Yes, they play Saturday. Georgia is a five-point favorite. I do want to talk about the game because what Alabama has done, this is probably Nick Saban's greatest coaching year. I mean, the way that Alabama has responded, because you, fast, you, you go back to the South Florida game. I seriously thought, this Alabama team is not the Alabama team from years past. Losing to Texas at home is one thing. I thought Texas was a good team, and, and they still are, but they barely beat South Florida. Okay, I thought, I'm looking at the schedule, Travis. I'm trying to be a realist, and I, I actually had a hot sports take that I, I'm actually getting criticized by everybody that you could think of because I was looking at the possible losses at Ole Miss, or against Ole Miss Texas A&M, Tennessee, LSU, Auburn on the Plains. I thought that Alabama could possibly go seven and five and six and six. I, I was considered crazy, and but yeah. I take it back. Alabama has proven me wrong. You know they obviously listen to my show because I just gave them bulletin board material. <laughs> but Absolutely. Alabama has really proven everybody wrong, and I actually think they got a short shot against Georgia on Saturday because. This Georgia team, it, it's not the same Georgia team. The, those teams in 2021, 2022 had historic 
defenses. I mean, they're all on the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, yeah. so this Georgia defense, you can move the ball on Georgia's defense. But, you know, I love how these two teams are just built. You know, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart is pretty much doing the blueprint of what Nick Saban did in the early 2010s. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you, Richard. I, I mean, I was I was watching that South Florida game. Obviously, I had routine interests, but I was right there with you. I, I was telling the people in the room, I said, you know, if we don't play any better than this, we might go bowling. We might make a bowl. Um, you know, at that point, Jalen Hurt, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Milrow, got to be careful there. <laughs> Jalen Milrow uh, is not a proven commodity at that point. And, you know, in this league, you know that you have to have at least – uh, above average quarterback play uh, to have a shot at all. And uh, I could say the same thing that you said about Georgia. I could say the same thing about this Alabama team offensively. I think our defense is okay, but, I mean, Auburn ran the ball. I mean, Auburn ran all over us for the second year in a row. Um, so, I mean, there's there's a lot there. Yeah, Auburn clearly played the game of their life. I mean, I do feel bad for Auburn fans, but at the same time, some of the Auburn fans were being optimistic. It's like, well, we lost to New Mexico State, and we played Alabama tough in the Iron Bowl. They're, they're trying to look at the silver lining, but come on, fourth and 31. This is Auburn's version of the kick six. This was absolutely devastating to Auburn fans. It was a fourth down and 31. It really a, it was a fourth and goal on the 31. And Auburn rushed two with a quarterback spy. I mean, what are you doing? You're spying. Jalen Milrow's not going to run 31 yards to the end zone. I mean, this is it. You've got to get it in the end zone. And Jalen Milrow might have thrown the perfect ball in the back of the end zone to Isaiah Bond, which I think now Jalen Milrow's draft stock has just gone up. Just based off that throw, Jalen Milrow is now an NFL quarterback. Well, I think if he wasn't before. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think most people, how many times have we seen that that ball and it's out of the back of the end zone? There's too much juice on it. You know, you're 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 amped up, you know it's coming down to you and you put too much mustard on it. And I mean, if you look, I don't know if you've seen the angle. I've seen them all, of course. Uh <laughs> but uh, if you look from behind Jalen Milrow, Isaiah Bond is actually going the opposite direction, puts his foot down but he's not got in his turn yet when Jalen lets go of that ball. And so, yeah, I mean, that was a phenomenal throw. Uh, and, and Milrow has those moments where he has, you know, he's a sophomore, you know. And then there are those moments where you're like, oh, my goodness, how in the world did, did he do that? So, yeah, it's kind of wild to have a dynamic quarterback in that way. Um, you know, usually we've had the accuracy guy who could run, but, I mean, uh, Milrow is is a devastating runner, and he's going to have to be on Saturday. When you're scouting this game Saturday, do you take it back to 2021? Because we do have some similarities. Georgia was undefeated overall number one. They had a historic team. They were a favorite against Alabama. Alabama needed four overtimes to beat uh, Auburn in the Iron Bowl. And I can't explain what happened in 2021. I thought that Georgia was the better team, but I think that it was that psychological effect that Kirby Smart could not win the big game against Nick Saban and Bryce Young just torched 
uh, Georgia. And, you know, Stetson Bennett throwing a pick six didn't help either. I remember Georgia was up 10 nothing in that game. But Jamison Williams was an absolute game changer. And I'm still convinced to this day in the national championship, if he plays, that more than likely Al- Alabama wins another national championship and Georgia's drought is still going on as we speak. I still think this is a big game. I think Georgia has to win this game. First of all, because it would completely take Alabama out of the college football playoff. I believe Alabama still has a shot at making the college football playoff, but they need some help. We can get into that. But looking at this game, is this a must win for Georgia? Or, I mean, obviously it's a must win for Alabama, but do you think that there's Alabama fans still there thinking, well, you only have the one win, and if Jameson Williams didn't get hurt, you might not have won that. And they needed a Keeley Ringo pick six to seal the deal because Bryce Young had the ball only down one possession. I think even if you go, and I'm not, I'm, you know, injuries happen. I mean, we could go back the Colt McCoy. I mean, everybody goes back to the dynasty starter, right? If Colt McCoy doesn't Oh, there hurt, you go. Uh, oh, 2009. Yeah, there you go. Eddie, Eddie Jackson isn't hurt against I've heard Clemson that a lot. That year, you know? <laughs> and so you go to injuries. I think the biggest issue is the drops. If you go back to the, the national championship game that Alabama lost, I mean, there were three or four passes that Bryce Young put on the money that the Alabama receivers just flat out dropped. I do think there's some similarities, and I think that actually works in Georgia's favor, although I have seen some Jalen Milrose slander on the timeline today, which is not what I expected. I thought there would be over and a beyond like this outpouring of rat poison, as Nick Saban calls it. But I've seen some slander out there. Oh. Like, David Milrow can't get it done. And I'm like, are we really going to do this again? Like, if you heard Kirby Smart, he was like, no, Jalen Milrow is a bigger Lamar Jackson. That may be a stretch. But, uh, you know, Kirby's fighting the rat poison as much as he can. Travis, I've watched Georgia all season, even in their close wins, like against Auburn and against Georgia Tech. I never thought that they were in danger of getting upset. I thought that they were the better team and somehow they would pull it out. Brock Bowers pretty much won the game for Georgia at Auburn. I think that Georgia Tech actually ran the ball pretty well, but you know, Georgia didn't have Brock Bowers. They didn't have Ladd McConkey. I actually think that Carson Beck is going to have a great game Saturday. But I think the difference in this game could be that Georgia's offensive line is playing better than any offensive unit that the Georgia offensive line has had in the previous past. And you know, Alabama still has some good pass rushers. You have Chris Braswell. You got you got uh, Dallas Turner. But you don't have Will Anderson. I mean, Will Anderson was just a freak. I mean, what he did was absolutely incredible. I think Kool-Aid McKinstry is going to be a great NFL cover corner, and I like that matchup. Whatever Georgia receiver, if it's going to be Ra-Ra Thomas or if it's going to be Dominic Lovelett, I mean, Georgia has deep receivers this year compared to years in the past. I think where Georgia is struggles is their defense is not as dominant as it was in 2021, but their offense is better, and I think – this is going to be a shootout. I was actually looking at the over-under, uh, and I would – I'm not a betting man, obviously, but I would take the over in, in this game. I mean, there is no question about it. And it – you know, wow, the line just went up to six. Man, do they They must know something that we don't, Travis. Uh, 
I, I just I'm trying to figure this out. The over under is fifty four point five. Yeah, I'd yeah. take the over. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. I think it'll be you know if if Alabama's going to get close to a win, it's got to be close to that number. I think it still goes over, but it can't go much over. Um, you know, Beck is surgical. Everything I've seen him do is surgical. He's not faced the defensive backs. I think that's what you uh, alluded to. I don't know that he's faced the defensive backs that he'll face. On no, he Saturday. hasn't faced a defense like Alabama, but I don't and think so, Alabama's faced a defense like Georgia. No, I don't think so either. I, I think I think Texas is close, um, just by senior leadership. Probably not talent, but just experience. Texas is close, and I would say that would be the advantage that Alabama has is they have played a tougher schedule. But I don't think it's enough to to switch you know switch it to maybe an Alabama win. I don't think it's that that big of a advantage well i also heard on sports talk radio stations that alabama their defense matches well with a quarterback like carson beck who can stay in the pocket i mean Mm -hmm. carson beck does not run the football like he does not run very well and that they'll they'll find a way just like you know when they take on teams that just have a pro style quarterback that does not um, they're not very mobile. That they do a very good yeah. job against those type of quarterbacks. And then the quarterbacks that like to run the ball, like Peyton Thorne had the game of his life, and that's why Auburn had success running against Alabama's defense. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, the, the mobile hurts us. I mean, I think even Beck's probably talented enough to, if they go empty set, uh, Peyton Thorne uh, had tremendous uh, success against us on Saturday. Jaden Daniels, of course, that guy's just another level of quarterback um, that uh, that's just insane. But, uh, you know, it does help. I think, once again, I don't know that he's going to be able to stand in the pocket and be statuesque. I don't think he's that type of quarterback. I don't think he's a statue by any means. But if you get a chance, go back and look at the Iron Bowl. Like the first run that Auburn had, uh, it was a long run. Uh, their first breakout run, Dallas Turner, who is our outside linebacker, runs it down from the backside. And if he doesn't, it's a touchdown. He runs down the Auburn running back, who is in full and only has to put on the brakes to kind of get around Terry on Arnold. So he's a, he's not – I agree, he's not Will Anderson, but uh, he, he's, uh, he, he's pretty phenomenal. If you need a play, I don't know that he's very consistent, but if you need a play, uh, he can make it happen. But uh, – it should be a colossal meeting of, of football teams on Saturday. All right, Travis. You know, I, I've been taking notes all day today. I got my notes here. <laughs> College football playoff scenarios. When the rankings come out, I expect Georgia 1, Michigan 2, yeah. Washington 3, Florida State 4. It's a dream scenario for the playoff committee because you have four teams that are undefeated. So if all four teams they win and really washington is the only one that's an underdog so if they all win they're all getting in but if washington loses oregon will be a one-loss team that will get in and if texas beats oklahoma state in the big 12 championship texas should get in i mean there a lot of people are predicting because florida state is a slight favorite against louisville that a lot of people think that louisville is going to win and so you're going to have georgia michigan Texas and Oregon. But what if 
Alabama, which ESPN.com gives them a 9% chance to make the college football playoff. I know you as an Alabama fan don't want to hear it. It's like, oh, come on. If they beat Georgia, they're in. In fact, Paul Feinbaum agrees. He is pleading, put Alabama in if they beat Georgia. Well, this is not going to be like years past where Georgia and Alabama get into the college football playoff. There's too many good teams at the top. But if Alabama beats Georgia, what they need to have happen, they need, I'm going to I'm gonna say Florida State has, has to lose. I think that Oregon has to lose and Texas has to lose. So that would mean Michigan, Washington, and you probably got Alabama and then Ohio State. I think a one-loss Ohio State will get in above a one-loss Georgia. I just don't think the resume for Georgia is impressive. They did not have a very good schedule. I mean, it wasn't their fault. Oklahoma was on their schedule, but you know they're going to the SEC, so they had to replace Oklahoma with Ball State. It wasn't their fault. Ohio State played Notre Dame. I mean, they have a much more impressive schedule. Oh, man, Travis... I, I love having you on the show. I, I, I know your partner, Ben Hayes, couldn't make it on the show. But uh, before I let you go, tell my audience how they can follow you and Ben Hayes. And uh, what, what's well, the name of your podcast, too? I, I like the title. Yeah, so we uh, we, we do several things. Um, I, I have a football podcast. It's not very serious. It's about a five-minute uh, little rivalry podcast. I did one on the SEC championship game where we just talk about why we cheer for one team versus another. And, and some of it has to do with football. Some of it doesn't. And so that's called the good old fashioned dislike podcast. Um, ben and I, he's a professional counselor. We do the helping healing humor uh, with Ben and Travis. It's a mental health podcast from a Christian perspective. And then Ben has the Friday refresh that comes out every Friday, but the easiest way to get it all is right there below my name. If you're watching the video, it's Ben and um, and it's all free right there. It's just a bunch of fun stuff that we love to do. And Richard, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for having me on. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I think the Bulldogs get it done 31 to 28. Wow. Um, and, and I, I don't have, and I know this is terrible. I love Will Reichard. I really do. But if you can name me a clutch field goal, he's hit, uh, then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be impressed. I, I, I can't even. So 31-28 is my official pick of the SEC championship game. I do think if Alabama wins, they get in. Uh, how are you going to knock out the SEC champ? I mean, the SEC champ to me is going to get in because they always have. Um, you know, we have the best loss on the record. I don't think that we even need that much help. I think we just beat Georgia, whoever wins that game in Atlanta. And I'll go ahead and tell you, Richard, you didn't ask. But whoever wins that game in Atlanta – they got the inside track. I think we've got a 2012 situation where those will be your national champs. Michigan might, Michigan could give somebody a run. They're built to give somebody a run. But uh, there you go. You get my whole playoff scenario there, Richard, for free. I didn't well, there you it. go. And I, I didn't have to. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> thanks again, Travis. I know the last time I had John, we were previewing the national championship back in 2022. But, you know, yeah. I, I got, got to get you on and, and tell your partner, Ben Hayes, that we miss him. And I'd love to get him back on as well. And uh, you guys are representing Florence, Alabama. So thank you. You know, their high school football team was in the playoffs. You know, I, I cover AHSAA playoffs on my show. So, you know, the, a big shout out to Alabama football. All right. That was it, Travis Creasy from the host, Ben and Travis.com. And 
I appreciate you, Travis. And from a one Alabamian to the next, I've got Philip Jordan representing Dothan. Uh, Philip Jordan, uh, man, we've got a lot to talk about. First of all, how you been? And uh, are are you have you recovered at all from the Iron Bowl? I know that was that had to have been heartbreaking. It was tough if you're an Auburn fan. Tough, tough, tough business. Alabama had to get side of it. Uh, talked to a lot of Auburn people. And, uh, yeah, it was. if you're an Auburn fan, that's a gut punch loss. Uh, now, well, I also heard people were kind of throwing out, is this the worst loss in Auburn history? Like, look, I'm kind of one of them people to look at it. I mean, the, the Iron Bowl is big. It's always big. But the worst loss I've seen Auburn have is the national championship game, 2013, against Florida State, 13 seconds yeah. left. Jameis Winston hits Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, Auburn was close to getting what, their second national title in like three years. So uh, that, that to me, is the worst one. But, yeah, it. Uh, I think there's still some questions on some of the late decisions by Hugh Freeze. Well, and this game also, not a whole lot at stake. They're still going to a bowl game, 6-6. Six and six. They – Played very hard against an Alabama team that was favored to blow them out by at least more than two touchdowns. Auburn really played the best game of the year. Peyton Thorne had his best game. But I, I'm still in shock. Fourth and goal at the 31-yard line. You only rush two. You have a quarterback spy. And Jalen Milrow threw probably the perfect pass in the back of the end zone to Isaiah Bond. I'm still stunned that that's how the Iron Bowl ended. I know that we've seen crazier finishes, like 10 years ago, the kick six. But now, is this Auburn's version of the kick six? Does Alabama fans pretty much, you know, pump their chest because of this game? Although, they, I don't think they should because you're supposed to beat Auburn. I mean, you're a, the better team. You got better players this year. I will say this is not the kick six for Auburn on the other end. Here's why. Because the kick six and 13 knocked Alabama out of the SEC championship game and the national championship. This puts Auburn at six and six. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Now, I will say this. This is what happens when this game is played at Jordan-Hare Stadium. It, it's this way. Look, this is and this is the second time in a row at Jordan-Hare. Auburn should have won two years ago. Tank Bigsby does not run out of bounds. Auburn wins that game. Bryce Young Alabama would have gotten the ball back, but he would have had like a few seconds. Alabama probably would have been forced just to do like a hook and ladder kind of thing. Auburn wins that one. It never goes overtime. John Minchie doesn't score the touchdown to win the game. Auburn wins that one. And then this year, um, I agree with you. Now, I understand what they were going for there with what they were doing defensively. I get it. I understand it. So I'm not going to hate on it. But I'm also going to say this, if and I'm not a coach, look, just we're Monday morning quarterback in here, right? What I would have done, I would have sent some pressure after Jalen Milrow. Hurry up the pass, because this isn't like they're at the 50. They're at, the, like you said, the 31. You can make that like a normal throw. I would have put some pressure on him, because one, either make him throw it early or his instinct to run. Let's be honest. Is he running 31 yards for the touchdown? Probably not. But, no, no, he's not. But I will say this. This was the worst Auburn team Alabama will play while he freezes there. He's going to get another quarterback. I don't think he, Robbie Ashford or Peyton Thorne is going to be the starter next year. I think Robbie Ashford probably going to transfer. Um, they've got some help coming receiver, and maybe they're about to flip a Texas A&M commit 
and Cam Coleman over there, not too far from oh, Richard's the at. Maybe Cam uh, Coleman from Central. Cam Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> He's in their backyard. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, we'll see what happens with A&M with Mike Elko taking over, if he can keep that recruit. But, yeah, so Auburn has some stuff to look for. I think that – you know what the worst part of the season is for Auburn? That New Mexico State game. That's going to be kind of like the black eye on the season. If you win that game, you're 7-5. and five. Win a bowl game, you're 8-5. and 8-5 five. and five looks better than 7-6. and six. It just looks and sounds different. But Auburn is a uh, – I think they've got some some positive things for this year in year one under Hugh Freeze. All right. Well, let's talk about this upcoming national championship game between Georgia and Alabama. Once again, these two teams, five out of the last eight national championships, and I'm looking back at their history in the last 10 years, 15 years, the last 10 meetings. Kirby Smart took over for Georgia back in 2016. Mark Rick could not get it done. 2015, I believe Mark Rick was fired in 2015 because Georgia lost to Alabama in Athens. I mean, Georgia fans were getting very impatient. So here comes Kirby Smart, a disciple of Nick Saban. I mean, he's really been a home run hire. I mean, say what you want. But, you know, they finally get over the hump and they win the national championship in 2022. But before that, you got the national championship in 2018, the second and 26. You got going up 28 to 14, you blow that lead. You got the COVID year where they had a double-digit lead in that game. And then you got the SEC championship in 2021, which I think this upcoming SEC championship kind of has that same feel. Georgia's overall number one. Alabama is ranked number eight. They need this win to get into the college football playoff. Georgia knows that if they lose this game, I don't think that they're getting into the college football playoff because you got too many too good teams at the top. You got, you know, you got an undefeated Michigan, an undefeated Washington, an undefeated Florida State. I mean, if you're in a Power Five conference and you go undefeated, the committee's going to put you in the college football playoff. That's just the way it is. But I think that Georgia has to win this game. Because they don't want hanging over their heads. Well, they only have the one win against Alabama, and it was in the rematch game because it's hard to beat a team twice. It was the rematch game in the national championship. I think that Georgia has to win this game. Do they? I really do. You know, here, here's know. the reason why. I don't know. Here, here's, Philip, you got to hear me out here. I've been hearing from Alabama fans. Well, if Jamison Williams does not get hurt in the national championship, you've heard that that narrative oh, yeah. daily. I mean, he was an absolute game changer, not only in the SEC championship in 2021, but he had breakaway speed. You know, he actually hurt himself on that play. It was a slant route down the middle. Bryce Young right on the money. I think that his vertical, his offensive threat was gonna allow Alabama to score points. And I think that Stetson Bennett would even have to put on the Superman cape even more. I thought that there was some good things that Stetson Bennett did in, in that uh, SEC championship and the national championship. Well, the SEC championship, he did throw a pick six. But I actually think they got the better quarterback, Phillip. I think Carson Beck is the more polished quarterback. And they have the best offensive line that Georgia's had since I've watched Georgia. You know... 
I do think both of them get in if Georgia loses a close game. But that's I don't know. You may want to ask about that later. You know, we we are living I, in the South, and we do have SEC biased. I do agree. I mean, look that I there mean, is a little people. When people are watching this on video, they can see my name on the screen. They see what my handle is up under it, right? I mean, SEC, yeah. We are in the SEC. And look, I got my handle, Georgia Alabama Sports Live. We're talking about Georgia Alabama. I work for Georgia Alabama Sports Live. We are in the South. So I I wasn't born in the South. I I was born and raised in California. So a part of me could say, yeah, Oregon might have a pretty good season. Washington's undefeated. Michael Penix Jr. might be the Heisman Trophy winner. But yeah, these it's still the SEC. Does the committee actually do that? Does does a one-loss Alabama get in over a conference champion Texas or an undefeated Florida State? That's a big question. Or what about a, what do you do with a one-loss Ohio State? Well, Ohio, Ohio State's not getting in. Them and Michigan, I'm sorry, their schedules do not live up to what it is. I mean, they're those are two really good teams. That yeah, was the elimination true. game Saturday. That was it. So we know Michigan's in because Iowa. I mean, I mean they may fumble their way into a touchdown. I don't know, but I was not going to score points. We we know this. Uh, the Big Ten championship game was won this past Saturday, so let's put Michigan in there. All right, so now let's look at the patch up. Now I'll, I'll say this: if Washington beats Oregon, which I don't think they will, you got to put Washington in. But if Oregon upsets, I agree. Okay, that opens the door for some stuff. I'm going to tell you this. The committee told me something last week. This is what they told me. They are downgrading Florida State without Jordan Travis. I, I, I honestly believe this, that the committee would put two SEC teams in before they would put Florida State in, regardless wow. if they win this Saturday. They And they came out and said this whole mess about, oh, Washington's had a better schedule, blah, blah, blah. What If you want to go by that, Washington probably had a better schedule before the week before when you still had Florida State at four. Don't lie to us. You drop, If Jordan Travis had not got hurt against North Alabama, Florida State would still be ranked in the college football playoff right now. I'm just going to say that. I agree. Up front. That is what they, they're punishing him for that. But in Texas, I'll just say this. Alabama beats Georgia. I think that trumps their loss because one thing I also need to – Thing that we need to look at that teams get better as the year goes on. I think Alabama's a better team right now than Texas. If they played again, I think Alabama beats Texas by two touchdowns. Even if they oh, absolutely. played, even if they played in Austin, I just Texas is kind of been playing too loose, too close to the best sometimes. I know Quinn Ewers got hurt too. Not, you know that was part of it. Now they were dominating at Texas Tech, but another thing, I wouldn't be shocked if Oklahoma State beats them Saturday. So. Now, I, I'm not – now, I, I'm going to disappoint your audience, Richard. I'm not going to give my SEC prediction here because I do that on my – You do it on your late, own show. Yeah, of course. Later on in the week, me and Matt Lowe from Phil Level Media. Y'all need to go check out Phil Level Media. Check out our show, me and Matt. We'll break down all those conference championship games later on in the week. But uh, I'll tell you what, this though, you, you, you did your original question, Alabama-Georgia. I've seen some running quarterbacks give Georgia problems this year. You talked about Peyton Thorne. He did. Look, Haynes King gave him trouble in the run game. I mean, he scored two touchdowns on him in the run game, at the quarterback run game. And Jalen Murrow has been playing awesome at that. And he's kind of like – and they talked about it on the broadcast against Auburn on Saturday. He's kind of like – you look at him, you don't maybe think he's as fast, but he is lightning fast. 
So I'm kind of, how does Georgia deal with that? that that's kind of going to be interesting. But we're going to flip it around. Auburn ran the ball in Alabama. Georgia's got very capable backs. And the thing about it, Alabama knew Auburn's going to run it because Auburn can't really throw the ball that well. Georgia can throw the ball. We're going to see Brock Bowers. We're going to see more of that. Um, Carson Beck's playing great. Under the radar good. Uh, we do a uh, Heisman ranking over at Last Word on College Football. Our top five every week, we submit it. I got Carson Beck in my top five uh, right now. There you now. go. Obviously not going to win it. My my, I'll go and give you my vote on our poll. I've got Jaden Daniels number one. I mean, he's been that way second half of the year for me. But, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of interesting season. things. I could, I think you can go either way with this Alabama-Georgia game because they both have weaknesses, but they also got strengths. I think the other one can exploit over the other. Well, I am excited about the SEC championship. Once again, Georgia and Alabama. Philip, before I get you out of here, tell my audience where they can find you on social media and how they can listen to your show. All right, so you can check us out. So Wiregrass Daily News Sports is the name of the feed. Uh, obviously, we have the Wiregrass High School football pro on that feed, but we also had the Philip Jordan show on that feed as well. Just before I hopped on, was you just got done uploading and uh, editing a new episode with Chris Lee from the Southeastern 14. Uh, me and Chris will break down and talk about uh, rivalry weekend and new coaches, Mike Elko, uh, Jeff Lebby there at Mississippi State, and then we kind of do a little bit of a preview of the SEC Championship game. So some good stuff there. we got good stuff to preview in the Sunbelt Championship game this week, previewing the ACC Championship game this week, and also, uh, of course, me and Matt Lowe toward the end of the week. We'll preview all the games ourselves. Hey, All right, me, Thank, of course. Oh P yeah, Jordan, of course. SEC. P Jordan SEC. See, that's all. That's all good. I, I appreciate you, Philip, coming on the show. I mean, we just continue grinding, man. We just been popping out these shows on Monday, just getting ready for the week. I got another show that I'm doing with Thrift Berenger called on Georgia Alabama Sports Live. So I'm just doing one show after another. It's just going to be a busy Monday for me. The grind is a blessing. The grind is a blessing, like the great Josh Pate has said. Thank you once again, everybody, for watching another episode of the Sports Beauty with Richard Holdridge on George Alabama Sports Live. And thank you, Philip Jordan. And uh, definitely would love to get you back on in the next couple of weeks as well. Oh, anytime, Richard. All right, that's it. That's our show. <laughs> Absolutely. Have a great night, everybody. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location. Bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. You've been listening to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. You can catch an episode daily on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key, Monday through Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. This is a podcast that covers local sports to the Chattahoochee Valley. If you would like to catch a replay of the show, you can download an episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.